Chapter Three of the Old Tobacco Shop. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Nancy Cochran Gergen, Gilbert, Arizona. The Old Tobacco Shop by William Bowen. Chapter Three. Introducing the Church Warden. Every time Freddy visited the old tobacco shop after that, and it was pretty often, whether the tobacco box at home needed tobacco or not, for there were a good many things that drew him there, and he hardly knew which was the most fascinating. There was always a chance of gingerbread, and you could usually depend on seeing Aunt Amanda eat pins, and you could look through the two pieces of glass at the double picture, and make it all one picture with the people in it standing out, as if they were real, and Mr. Toby would often sing about his friends, the two old codgers and talk about their mean ways and mr punch was always waiting for his father outside the door so that you had to keep your eyes on the time or at least the clock which is different and sometimes mr toby would let you in behind the counter and let you scoop tobacco into a paper sack and when his back was turned you could stand under the chinaman's head with the magic tobacco in it and look up at it and wonder what would happen if he took just one or two little teeny whiffs but i forget what i started to tell you oh yes every time freddy visited the old tobacco shop mr toby would ask him his name in order to see if he was grown up yet what's your name today mr toby would say freddy would be the little boy's answer not yet mr toby would say shaking his head sadly you ain't grown up yet. I'm very sorry to have to tell you, son, but you've got to wait a while before you're grown up. I'll tell you what. I'll give you six months more, said Mr. Toby on one occasion. If you ain't grown up by that time, there's no hope for you. I hate to have to say it, but you might as well know it one time as another. And the very next time the little boy came, he said his name was Fweddy. And Mr. Toby said, Well, never mind. You've got five months and twenty-eight days left, and there's hope yet. I suppose you wouldn't want to be a little boy all the time and never grow up at all, would you? Freddy looked up at him in alarm and said, No, sir. Then, said Mr. Toby, you'd better mind your P's and Q's. Freddy wanted to ask about these P's and Q's, but you may have noticed that he was shy, and he could not make up his mind to do so. He knew all about P's and Q's in the alphabet book at home, but he did not know how to mind them. He knew how to mind his mother. Sometimes, but how could you mind letters in a book that couldn't ever say, don't do that, like mother? He was very anxious on this point, for he knew that his time was growing short, and the idea of never growing up was simply terrifying. He might as well smoke cigarettes and be done with it. In point of fact, he now had only about a week left, and he wasn't grown up yet. But one morning, when the hands of the church clock were wide apart, and all was safe, he passed by Mr. Punch and opened the shop door. Mr. Toby was standing behind the counter, tying up a parcel. He went on tying it up, and said, "'All right, young feller, it's your turn next. This here package is for the sly old codger, and he'll be back for it pretty soon. And if it ain't ready—' Whew. won't we get blown up though now then what'll you have pound a maiden's prayer 
"'No, sir,' said the little boy. "'I don't want anything. I just came.' "'Oh, you just came. By the way, young man, what is your name to-day?' "'Freddy,' said the little boy. Mr. Toby dropped his package and leaned across the counter in amazement. "'What's that you say?' "'Freddy!' cried the little boy, bursting with pride. "'Well, bless my soul, if I ever in my life, as sure as the world, strike me dead if you didn't say it as plain as—' "'Young man,' said Mr. Toby solemnly, and he walked to the end of the counter, opened the swinging gate, came through, stood in front of Freddy, and shook him by the hand. "'Young man, I congratulate you. It's all right now. But you had an almighty close shave, I can tell you that. Allow me to congratulate you, and accept the best wishes of your kind friend, Toby Littleback.' "'Please, sir,' said Freddy, opening his eyes wide. "'Am I grown up now?' Mr. Toby stared without speaking and then threw out both his arms, and for a moment it looked as if he were going to hug the little boy, but he evidently thought better of it. "'Are you—why, of course you are. Ain't I been telling you? But don't you go and pursue on it too much, young feller. You don't think you can go and smoke cigarettes now, just because you're grown up, do you?' "'Oh, no, sir,' said Freddy earnestly. "'I should hope not, and that there Chinaman's head up there—' You don't think you can go and smoke that magic tobacco now, do you? Because if you do... No, sir, said Freddy, but he said this a little doubtfully, and he looked at the Chinaman's head with more interest than ever. What was the use of being grown up if you couldn't take a little risk now and then? All right, then, cried Mr. Toby. We've got to have a little celebration over this here event, and we'd better go in and see Aunt Amanda about it right now. He grasped Freddy's hand again, and pulled him to the back door, and threw into the back room where Aunt Amanda was sitting by the table with the wax flowers, sewing. "'Quick! Quick! Tell Aunt Amanda your name now! Quick! What's your name?' cried Mr. Toby. "'Freddy!' said the little boy, very distinctly, but looking down at the carpet, for fear he should seem proud. "'We've grown up today!' cried Mr. Toby." and we've got to celebrate. Aunt Amanda raised her eyebrows in astonishment and said, "Ash here a bysart. She put her hand to her mouth and somehow got out into her hand a good mouthful of pins. She laid them down on the table at her elbow and said, Bless the dear baby's heart. And are you grown up now? Yes, am said Freddy, looking up and then down again, for he did not wish to seem too proud. Aunt Amanda looked at him for a moment, and took out her handkerchief, and blew her nose very loud. "'Toby,' she said, "'what did you mean by a celebration?' "'Tomorrow's Saturday,' said he. "'Well, what of it?' Freddy could not understand very well what they were saying after that, except that he was concerned in it somehow, until he heard Aunt Amanda say, "'You'd better ask his mother, then.' "'Young man,' said Mr. Toby, if I write a letter to your ma, will you give it to her? Yes, sir, said Freddy, whereupon Mr. Toby sat down at the other side of the table, with pen and paper and ink, and commenced to write. First, said Aunt Amanda, there's some of that fruit cake from last Christmas still in the... Right you are, cried Toby, jumping up and going out into the kitchen. Freddy ate the fruit cake, 
sitting on a half-suck at Aunt Amanda's feet, while Toby went on with his letter. But in the midst of it, Toby went out again, and finally came back with a tall glass of ice-cold lemonade. "'Don't you go and spill it on the carpet,' said he, as he sat down to his writing. "'No, sir,' said Freddy. Aunt Amanda looked at him, as he sat so seriously on his hassock at her feet, munching his fruit-cake and sipping his lemonade, and she pulled out her pocket-handkerchief and blew her nose again, very loud. She appeared to have a cold. Toby paid no attention to her. His head was lying sidewise on his left arm on the table, and he was squinting at the sheet of paper, and every time his pen came down he closed his mouth tight, and every time his pen went up he opened his mouth wide. Freddy and Aunt Amanda had plenty of time to talk. Under the softening influence of fruitcake and lemonade, Freddy found his tongue. "'What's a church warden?' he said, suddenly into the lemonade glass, which was just under his nose. "'Bless the baby,' said Aunt Amanda. "'It's a long clay pipe, young man,' said Toby, chewing the end of his penholder, "'like you've seen in the case out there in the shop.' "'That ain't what he means,' said Aunt Amanda. "'You mean a man, don't you, Freddy?' "'Yes'm,' said Freddy, looking at the cake just going into his mouth. "'It's a man,' said Aunt Amanda. "'It's a man that belongs to a church, "'and he stands guard over the church property.' and sees to their repairs and beats little boys with a cane when they make a noise during service and takes care nobody don't run away with the collection money and how do you spell respectfully said toby scratching his head with a pen yours respectfully r e began aunt amanda s p e c k no that ain't right r e s "'There's one over at that church,' said Freddy, pointing towards the window. "'And he smokes one, too.' "'One what, Freddy?' said Aunt Amanda. "'A church warden. "'There's a church warden sits out on the pavement, "'and he smokes a church warden, he does.' "'Freddy was rather proud that he had mastered that difficult word, "'and he liked to hear himself say it. "'Oh,' said Toby, "'I reckon he means the sextant over there. "'Well,' "'Yours respectfully. I don't give a... hmm. How you spell it. There she goes. Done. Yours respectfully, Toby Littleback. It's blotted up some, by cracky. That's a fact. But I ain't a-going to write all that over again, not by a jugful. And he took out his handkerchief and wiped the perspiration from his forehead. "'He's a church warden,' insisted Freddy, swallowing the last of the lemonade after the last of the cake. "'All right,' said Toby. "'Have it your own way. "'But a sextant's as good as a church warden, "'in my opinion, any day of the week, "'except Sunday, of course.' "'Aunt Amanda inspected the letter "'and declared herself horrified by the blots, "'but Toby positively refused to go through "'that exhausting labor again, "'so she passed it grudgingly "'and handed it to Freddy in an envelope "'and told him to give it to his mother "'as soon as he got home.' "'Do you want some more cake and lemonade?' said she. "'Yes'm,' said he. "'Well, you won't get it, so trot along home.' In the shop, Mr. Toby showed him the churchwarden pipes in the showcase. Freddy wondered how it would taste to smoke some of that magic tobacco in the Chinaman's head in a churchwarden pipe. 
As he passed the church on his way home, he looked for the fat old man who usually sat in his chair, tilted back against the wall, but he was not there. Freddy wished to ask him about those noises up in the tower, when Mr. Punch and his father were having their hijinks. He had never been able to screw up his courage to the point of asking about this, but now that he was grown up he thought he might be able. He gave the letter to his mother and she read it, but she said nothing to him about it. When his father came home in the evening, she showed the letter to him, and they talked about it, and Freddy could not understand very well what they were saying. Finally, his father said, "'Well, I don't think there would be any harm in it.' "'I suppose not,' said his mother. "'I'll see them in the morning. He had better wear his Sunday suit and his new shoes.' This was bad, because it sounded like Sunday school, and the shoes squeaked. Freddy thought he had better change the subject, so he said, "'I'm grown up. I can say Freddy. Mr. Toby says so.' His father laughed, but his mother took him up in her arms and hugged him close to her breast. The next day was in fact Saturday, and after lunch Freddy's mother helped him, or rather forced him, into his Sunday suit and his new shoes, after a really outrageous piece of washing— which went not only behind the ears, but actually into them. She put his cap on his head, he always had to move it a trifle afterwards, looked at his fingernails again, pulled down his jacket in front and buttoned every button, straightened out each of the four wings of his bow tie, took off his cap to see if his hair was mussed and put it on again, pulled down his jacket in front, straightened his tie, altered the position of his cap, put both her arms around him and kissed him, and told him it was nearly two o'clock and he had better hurry. As soon as she had gone in, after watching him go off down the street, he unbuttoned every button of his jacket, put his cap on the back of his head, and in crossing the streetcar track, deliberately walked his shiny squeaking shoes into a pile of street sweepings. He then felt better and went on towards the old tobacco shop. As he came to the church, he stopped to look at the hands of the clock. He was in luck. The hands would not be together for ever so long, for it was ten minutes to two. The church warden was sitting in his chair, tilted back against the wall, keeping guard over his church, and he was smoking his church warden pipe. Freddy walked by very slowly, and his shoes squeaked aloud on the brick pavement. The fat old man gazed at him solemnly, and Freddy looked at the fat old man. The churchwarden's chair came down on the pavement with a thump. "'Look here,' he said. "'This ain't Sunday. What's the meaning of all this? It's against the rules to wear them squeaking shoes of a Saturday. The dean and chapter has made that rule, by and with the advice and consent of the city council. Don't you know that? And all that big red necktie, too. Did you think it was Sunday?' "'No, sir,' said Freddy, for he was always honest, even in the face of danger." I couldn't help it. I didn't want to, but Mother made me... Ah, that's it. I thought maybe you'd made a mistake in the day. Then it wouldn't have been so bad. Look here, it's my duty to report this here violation of the Sunday law, but as long as... You're sure you ain't Particeps Carinus? No, sir, said the little boy earnestly. My name's Freddy. Well, that makes it different. I thought you was another party... "'Young party-seps. But if you ain't, why, here, you'll need something to show, in case you should meet the archdeacon, 
and he'd want to know why I hadn't reported you. Show him this, and he'll know it's all right. The fat church warden fished in his vest pocket and drew out, between a fat thumb and a fat forefinger, a round, shining piece of metal, and put it in Freddy's hand. Freddy saw that it was a bright new five-cent piece, commonly called a nickel. He felt bitter. "'If you don't meet the archdeacon between here and Little Beck's tobacco shop,' went on the church warden, "'you don't need to keep it any longer. I don't care what you do with it then. Only not pickles, mind you.' "'No, sir,' said Freddy. This was his chance to inquire about Mr. Punch's father and the noises in the tower, but it was out of his power to stay longer. He was too glad to escape without being reported, and he accordingly went off down the street, squeaking worse than ever, and positively hurrying. End of chapter 3 Recording by Nancy Cochran Gergen, Gilbert, Arizona